Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. We love our fourth. Is it the fourth Sunday already? How did that happen? Every fourth Sunday, we get to chat with Lance Labor. Lance is the executive director of the DeGrazia Gallery in the Sun in Tucson, Arizona. So he's always here sharing tales of Ted DeGrazia. Ted DeGrazia is a very famous uh, Southwest artist based out of Tucson. Uh, he's obviously passed by now, but he um, is also known as one of the most recognized and reproduced artists in the world. And Lance joins us every month on the fourth Thursday, uh, Sunday to tell us a little bit more history of Ted DeGrazia. And we've been talking about Ted DeGrazia for years. We've visited the gallery numerous times. We'll be back there in November. We're excited. But um, I have to say, there's always something new to learn about Ted DeGrazia. This man led quite a life. So you've got to go to the gallery if you go to Tucson. And if you don't go to Tucson, go on their website and um, they have a cool shop. I'm just saying holiday season's coming. Go to DeGrazia.org. So welcome back, Lance. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having hey, me. How is Tucson, Tucson dude? You know, Lance is the one of the two Tucson dudes. The other one is Domingo de Grazia, uh, Ted de Grazia, one of his sons. Um, is, is his only son? Does he have more than one son? Oh, here we go. Oh, he had a son to... named Nick, his uh, first okay. son that passed away a long time oh. ago. <laughs> oh. Excuse me. Oh, I did not know that. Um, yeah. But we got we got to Domingo. Um, he's the other Tucson dude, and um, this this you know he's we need to get him back on a show too. We haven't had him on the show for a long time, Domingo. That's yeah, well, he's a bu- he's a busy guy. I know. You know he's uh, he's very busy. He just got a he just uh, got a new job, uh, uh, a legal job out with the uh, Tahona Autumn. Uh, Indian tribes, so he's been he's been oh. busy, but you know I stay in touch with him. Oh, but you know, but that's awesome. He, he does, in a way, take after his dad's footsteps in that. Represent. I remember when we first met him, he was representing kids um, illegally. You know, helping them in the legal. He still and he still does that. He still does See? that. And then but, you know, uh, working with the Hodom Nation, and then. You know, he's a isn't he a race car driver and a pilot? He's an amazing uh, musician. Well, he used to he used to ride motorcycles, uh, race motorcycles, and uh, but uh, no, nah, he's you know he's not quite as young as he used to be. So he he's <laughs> he's, oh, uh, he's love moderating his behavior a little bit. Oh, he's gonna so love listening to this. But he is an amazing <laughs> guitarist, flamenco guitarist, and his dad. You know, Ted DeGrazio is a trumpeter and. So music is definitely part of their life and art um, and being connected with the people. And that's what I meant. Like, truly, um, I think, you know, Ted DeGrazia has got this, you know, kind of a wild character. But at the same time, he's got a lot of heart and soul for the people of of, the people of the place and um, in the Southwest. And that's what we're going to talk about Um, right now. It's Hispanic Heritage Month. And so we want to talk a little bit about his connections, um, definitely very connected to the indigenous people, uh, the Native American tribes in the area, but also, you know, his connection in Mexico and also obviously in Tucson is very Hispanic. Um, but 
Ted DeGrazia, uh, just going back a little bit, he has his gallery and you can visit it. It's 10 acres. It's a national historic landmark. It's beautiful. Um, it's an amazing gallery to visit. It's a, it's like a museum, but it's fun. <laughs> Did I just say that, Lance? I didn't mean to knock museums, but you know no, what I mean? Right. It's, it's, it, it's fun to go in and, um, you know, you've got videos and everything and you can walk the grounds and see where Ted DeGrazi and his wife lived in their house and all of that. So it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful time of year to come out to Tucson too, right? Fall is yeah, an awesome yeah, no, the, time. The weather is still warm, but you know, it hasn't been 112 every day. So it's probably going to be in the upper nineties today. So it's, it's a little weird for fall. It's, it's still quite warm. So, well, we'll see what happens. I know it is fall, huh? So yeah, it's and, supposed to be. Well, you do get fall colors in Tucson. You got to go up to Mount Lemon, and then at the same time, all the cactus turn colors. So I, I kind of like it. Yeah, and we'll uh, be it's there. Just, it's just weird. It's just been a weird year. It was a very hot summer, and it's going to continue to be hot for a while. I just hope they haven't canceled winter. Well, you know what? Nancy and I are driving from the east, where right now it's in the fifties. Um, I'm just saying that as we record, we're in long sleeves and, and it, we have a storm coming through and everything. So what I'll do is I'll empty the car and I'll pack in all the water from the rain. Please and all the cooler send, send, weather and bring it. Send it this way, please. <laughs> I will. I will, but we can't wait. And fall is, you know, Tucson is a magical city. Um, but to really go into these roots, you know, Ted DeGrazi was born in Marenzi, right? Which is, um, up in the, you know, the hills. It's a mining town. And um, I don't think they're mining there anymore in Southeast. Oh, it's are you like, kidding? That's, they they got the biggest Ooh. copper mine. I mean, it's no. the biggest open pit mine you've ever seen. It's huge. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, See, yeah, no, it's, it's probably a couple miles across and probably a mile deep. I mean, this is a big hole. Yeah, they're they're they continue to pull copper out of there and probably will for another hundred years. Wow. I did not know they were still going. I oh, did, yeah. I, I know that they have a Ted DeGrazia Street, I believe. I remember because we thought we were uh, going to go there. They have a park. They have a park. Yeah, oh, wow. they dedicated a park to DeGrazia about, uh, back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a big celebration out there and we took a, took some paintings out there to display and, and had a big DeGrazia celebration. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very aware of their native son. So when, you know, he was, you know, born there and in, in the mines, did a little bit of work there. And, you know, obviously he has musical and artistic talent, moved to Italy with his parents, came back and he is Italian. Where Was he working? Like, was his childhood with, did he have like Mexican friends growing up and Indian friends? Because I know like that's, you know, huge part of his friendships were you know of the indian sure, people sure sure uh, you know there's there's a uh, a big uh, uh hispanic uh contingent up in um Marenci and uh, you know i'm in all through arizona you know arizona is uh, we're right next to mexico so um you know it's a it's a really uh homogenized uh, the melting pot mhm which means there's good food there. Yeah, so yeah, no, he he had a lot of friends up there and uh, people that he um, 
that he commiserated with and hung with. Mm. And then he went to Mexico. So when he moved to Tucson, you know, he, he was, he was, you know, playing music, um, raising money for himself to get him through college and everything through music and, and even landscaping. But then he got married to, um, before, uh, Marion, it was Alexandra, right? That he was married. Alexandra Dimas. Yes. Yeah. And that's when he first went to Mexico was with her. Yeah. He, he first went to Mexico, uh, to meet Diego Rivera, uh, with Alexandra and they found him. And, um, he worked with Diego Rivera for, uh, for a little while, for a month or two on a mural, uh, Diego Rivera loved DeGrazia's work. And um, so, you know, he gave him a lot of uh, inspiration and uh, support. So he, he like pretty much had like an internship with him. And then um, Jose Orozco, Jose Clemente Orozco also, right? So Right, yeah. No, they both, they both supported him. And uh, they both really loved his work. Weren't they doing more murals, like kind of more political style than what we, you know? Uh, back then, yeah, Diego Rivera, you know, he was uh, he was making his political statements, and um, you know, I think De Grazia wasn't really uh, hugely political. He did a couple of he did a few political paintings, uh, kind of to express his his opinions, but. Um, you know, Diego Rivera was a communist and, uh, you know, that's what he believed in. And De Grazia was about the farthest thing from a communist. De Grazia was a capitalist mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, believed in, uh, <laughs> believed in making money. Yeah. I mean, he, he was smart and that's how he became the most reproduced artist. Right. You know, it's Pretty like, much. yeah, right. it it is understanding how to, change the art world you know um of how things work but i think that standing up for the people rubbed off on him but i kind of feel like he's probably already had that even when he went there to mexico that he already cared about the people you know um i think de Grazia cared about people from the very beginning i mean he was just uh yeah. he was a, a very kind and and uh kind of generous man and and uh you know as he got as he got more and more famous um he he still was willing to share his time with people and um uh you know he he was also he also guarded his privacy um you know his private time was his private time and and Mm -hmm. But but when when he was in the public or when he was in his gallery, he he shared his time with everybody. He's mm-hmm. a very generous man in that way. Yeah. So going into a more of the history, because he really got into the history of the Mexican people, the indigenous people, which are really the same, right? In a way. Because, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, well, I just oh, I don't want to get in trouble with that, but. Because Mex- <laughs> you know, we were Mexico at one point, right? Now I feel like I'm back home again. Um, but Arizona was Mexico at one point. There was the Native uh, American Arizona was people. was Mexican territory. So was yeah. California. So was yeah. uh, Texas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So but I mean, Grazio, uh, 
yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just sorry. saying. Bef- I'm just saying before you know, us whiteies came in to town. You know what I mean? He was there. He he kind of understood the people. Like I'm just calling the the indigenous people, the Mexican people, and and the Native Americans. He was very close with, and they helped. You know, obviously build the gallery with them. We've talked about that on shows before, and um, but he really got into their history and their cultures and traditions, like their cultural traditions, I should say, because they just go in the gallery and, and there's all the permanent exhibits, the rotating exhibits, the new ones. One of them that you have right now, I want to talk about uh, Padre Kino and everything too, but one that you have is scenes from the revolution that he painted. And I, and it makes me think about it because that must have been, you know, these, these paintings went from 1937 to 73 and he was in Mexico in the forties and he did two trips to Mexico, right? He, he well, he did several trips. I mean, he used to go oh. down to Mexico all the time. He, he, he okay. went down, I believe it was in the early thirties that, uh, he went down and met, uh, Diego Rivera. And, mm. uh, but throughout the years, he, he would travel to Mexico. Uh, a good example is when, um, uh, uh, the Seri Indians that live on Tiburon Island um, were getting ready. The The Mexican government was getting ready to move them off the island. They were turning the island into a nature preserve. And um, De Grazia went down there and painted the Seris and, and documented uh, their lifestyle and their, their culture uh, before they got moved off the island. And so, yeah, no, he went down there a lot. I mean, uh, this was, uh, you know, these were his friends. These were his people. The Yaquis lived down there. So, you know, he, um, he went back and forth a lot. Mm. I love that, that, you know, he connected with the people and at the same time painted their history, you know, j- showcased it. And I think that's something that, you know, I, I was in an interview the other day with our friend Glenn Burroughs in England. And he was talking about language being passed down. And we were, got, for some reason, got into the topic of Native American language. He says, oh, well, they must have dictionaries and this and this. And I said, no. There's very few. You know, Native American language often was passed down orally. It went down, you know, it was spoken word. And their art is really a lot of what we get to learn from, from the ancestral peoples. Obviously, the people living today are, you know, gathering their history and documenting it too. And I know there's a lot of effort. I mean, I I met one lady at a um, folk festival in Louisiana. Her tribe was only 600 people left in her tribe. And her dad was the one that congressionally documented their alphabet and their language and got it documented down. And it, it's a congressional thing, apparently. And uh you think about like, these 600 people left like how is that how how's that tribe gonna uh, you know keep going you know with only 600 people and um so it's kind of interesting what you think when you go back to ted de grazia i think a lot of ways of what he's done with his art is share these stories of people and what they do and who they are so that there's this familiarity, this um, non-prejudiced way of, do you know what I mean, Lance? It's like he's, yeah, you know what? He's breaking, it, what it he's, to, he's making it warm, you know. 
Yeah, what it is to me is just, I mean, it's a living culture, you know, Tonawata, yeah. the, the Yaquis, you know, all these, all these native peoples, they're all, their culture is alive. And uh, mm -hmm. it, most people aren't aware of, of this. Um, and De Grazia had a way of, of being able to share this with, with people who wouldn't normally um, know what a Yaki deer dancer was or, or uh, you know, the Apache uh, uh, eagle dancers or whatever. Uh, he, he was able to document this and, and share this, this cultural uh, beauty with uh, the rest of the world. Mm, I love that because you have to, to be able to document, you have to be, res you, you have to have like deep respect. It's like photographers following bands around and documentary people going out now and doing things. You can't just go in to a personal setting and if, you know, and get away with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to have like mutual respect for that to happen. For him uh, to be absolutely. able to document. Absolutely. You don't want to, you don't want to, um, um, insult anybody, uh, yeah. by yeah, saying the wrong thing or taking the wrong step. Um, you know, they, yeah, you, uh, growing up in Kenya as a kid and, and then South Africa, you know, we, we were dealing with, you know, different tribes all the time and each tribe. I mean, I was raised, you know, to learn the languages and the mannerisms. And per tribe, and that's how you communicated. And you know, Nancy was adamant. You will learn, and that's that. And and of course, you know, I it was like, there's nothing negative to me about doing that. It's I had more friends, you know, and it was such a beautiful thing when you could meet each other in this setting and I think I actually think deep down that as we're having this conversation this is why I really really respect Ted DeGrazia more than any of it is he has that ability of connecting and then sharing and understanding without Trump not make not being a zoo like don't look at people like you're in a zoo like I would watch tourists come in and photograph friends you know, because they have tribal clothing on and photograph them like they're an animal caged in a zoo. And that's where his paintings and his art is the opposite. It's like, here, look, look at these beautiful beings that we're connected with and how they celebrate life and, and celebrate death too and how they live. And maybe we can all connect and get along. And obviously, yes, he's a capitalist in art and hey, we should all make money and there's nothing wrong with that. But he had that ability to, to cross connect. And when people go into different cultures, a lot of times they start doing photos and, and kind of gawking. And these are fellow human beings. You know what I mean? You understand well, what I mean? You know, like, uh, yeah. With the Grazia, you know, especially with the Yaki Indians, you know, the Yaki's, when, when you go to their, their, uh, their pageants or their, their, uh, uh, you know, their functions, uh, you're not allowed to take photographs. You're not allowed to video. You're not allowed to take any audio. So it's a matter of being respectful 
uh, very respectful. And so he would just go and hang with these people for 40 days and 40 nights and watch what they were doing and just observe. And he never would would do anything overtly in front of them. He would go home, and then he would work on this. And and uh, they really respected him uh, for, for you know his respect for them. Uh, yeah, um, they they loved the man. In in Africa, they if you photographed, it was like you were stealing their soul. And you know, I, I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, if that's exactly what it is, I really don't know. But no, they, just, it, well, they just, just don't allow it. How how would you like to be like have some stranger come in and photograph your wedding? You know what I mean? It's like, what are you doing? You know, right? It's right. like, hey, we're documenting you for what you are. You know, um, I had, I had a person photograph me once. Um, this is way back when. Oh my gosh, it's a good thing Nancy's not on the show. So I was smoking a cigarette behind a bush. <laughs> And I, you know, I was not supposed to be doing that, obviously. This was year, this is way, way, way back in ancient times. And it was at a mall where I was working, but I was hiding behind this bush because, you know, I didn't want people to see not that, like, everybody knows if you smoke, right? Don't even think you can't, there's no faking it. Get over it. Well, I still thought I could get away with it. And this guy came up and photographed me and ran. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I, I chased him down. I had a friend with me, a, a guy in, I was working with, and we chased him down. He just said, no, I had, I'm doing, I'm a photographer, art project, and I'm doing this thing. And you just look so like you weren't supposed to be doing what you're doing. I mean, that was, and it freaked me out. And, and it made me realize like, you know, all my history of, don't photograph people don't you know there's a way to do it and build respect like no matter what i still don't know what happened to that photo of me or it's weird it was weird and i still feel weird about it and so when i think about ted de Grazia's art like he didn't make people feel like i felt you know hey you just did this you know dance step or something i'm like photograph you know what i mean lance it's weird what we do as human beings to other human beings. Yeah, Let well, stalk you, know, you with just your camera. You just don't make people feel uncomfortable. And DeGrazi was pretty good about that. Yeah. I think all I, his friends were always, you know, he was at ease with them and they were at ease with him. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I was a little bit of Chivas Regal didn't hurt either. either. Exactly. I think he just got down. He was like, hey, let's hang out. And it's so cool. That's That's where you get the true story. You know, and I think you, you, you know, you watch photographers now and that, you know, people take a gazillion photos and never really get the story because they're so busy doing that, that they don't get the understanding. And, and DeGrazi gets the understanding of the people and that comes through really clear because he, he just, he soaked it in, you know? And right. so Mexico was, was a big deal. See, now we crossed into different cultures. We were supposed to only stay in Hispanic heritage here, Lance. We crossed over, but so what? Um, when we look at what he has done in Mexico, he, he didn't they, D Diego Rivera and Jose Orozco, didn't they like sponsor an exhibit for him? Like an exhibit? Yeah, they, for they him? sponsored an exhibit, the Palace of Fine Art in Mexico City. Uh, one man show, De Grazia, and uh, it was very successful. 
very successful in Mexico. They loved wow. him there. And um, they, they put him in magazines and everything there, too. You know, they, like he, I, I, I'm not aware of that. I, I, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you something I don't know. But uh, he, he was just very successful, and, and they appreciated his work down there. But then when he came to back to uh, Arizona, uh, nobody really cared. Nobody paid any attention, and uh, nobody really wanted to show his work uh, at that time. And um, that's why he ended up buying all that property and building his own gallery uh, to show his own work because nobody else wanted to show it. And, of course, he proved to the world that uh, he was uh, uh, just a raging success uh, despite what uh you know the snooty art community thought of him um hmm. he 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 was gangbusters man and everyone the yaki dancer dear dancer you got to go to the, the back of the gallery in the courtyard and see the fountain it's my favorite piece and and you know i love the courtyard you know it's just it's all kinds of cactus and plants and the fountain but then like you you've got to think also um Padre Kino, I don't want to leave them out because, you know, I think that um, Ted de Grazi would get mad. Padre Kino and Cabeza de Vaca. So is did he get to learn about their history from when he was in Mexico, do you think? Or just he got, so, I mean, it's all throughout Tucson's history. Well, not Cabeza de Vaca. Um, as much, you know, but... de Grazi was, a, de Grazi was a, uh, a student. He was, he was an educated man, and uh, this is all stuff that he studied and read about and, um, you know, all the historical stuff that he was very interested in. Uh, loved Father Kino, um, and, um, you know, the story of Cabeza de Vaca is a very weird and terrible story, uh, but, you know, it... it, it uh, he wanted to share this and, um, you know, he, he just, uh, not only was he an artist, he was a historian. And a writer. And a I writer. love his writing. I love his writing. You know, um, I would say that when they put about, and we're not done, you know, with our story on Cabeza de Vaca because, I mean, we did go to Galveston finding that, and you know, we, you know how mad I am that we never got that. That we we want him to have a big sculpture, you know. He deserves. He deserves like a, a sculpt. He he deserves something other than like a little plaque on the street, you know. That was just. You mean Father Kino? No, Cabeza de Vaca. Oh, oh, um, Cabeza de Vaca. Yeah, okay. When we drove to Galveston just for the story because of Ted de Grazia, and and then we're gonna go see this monument, this you know marker, and and it is that's it. Here's your marker. And I was like, he was known, and this is why I go to Ted DeGrazia's writing, um, as Texas, the, the very first travel writer of Texas, because of his documentation of coming, you know, on the ship right. to Galveston and, you know, everybody getting out. And, I mean, that trek through the desert and everything, everyone dying and everything. But he wrote about the desert so prolifically, and he wrote about every, you know, so he was noted as the travel writer of Texas, the very first. Well, and he, I would he think was, you'd have more for him, you know. Well, they were the first Europeans in Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. So, yeah, he was the travel writer. He was. And so when you read DeGrazi's books, which everyone, by the way, go to the gallery gift shop. 
They're in there. I mean, I remember reading the one that he wrote about uh, Padre Kino, and it was like reading a novel. I felt like I was like in a, it was like a novel. Like he writes like historical fiction almost, you know, about Padre Kino. And um, I still can't get past what he, he, I think he want, wanted to be Padre Kino. I really do. I think if he, if he could go back in time, he would do it. Don't you That's think? That's quite possible. That's an interesting thought. Well, he puts himself in paintings too, and, and he kind of looks like him. It's kind of weird. Like, I'm just saying, like, there's, I think he, I think he liked Padre Kino. And Padre Kino was, was pretty cool, you know? Um, yeah. Padre Kino was very kind to the people that, that he came to preach to, and uh, De Grazia appreciated that. Um, I think there was a kinship. You know, he felt this kinship with Father Kino. He loved the Indians just like the way Father Kino did. Mm. And that was a weird time, too, right? What was going on? Well, with, you know? I mean, the Spaniards, you know, all they did was come to steal the gold uh, and steal whatever, uh, you know, whatever the Indians had. They came to steal it. Father Kino wasn't that way. Father Kino came uh, in peace, and he came. Uh, he didn't. He didn't force them to convert. Um, you know, at the That's it. Uh, muzzle yeah. of a gun, and uh, uh, De Grazia loved the Indians the way Father Kino did, and he just felt this this kinship with him, mm. and um, you know, just a lot of respect for for the man who treated these people kindly. I can't wait. When to really that the wasn't the way. That wasn't the way the the, the Spanish worked. No, it was no. different. That I mean, the Spanish were on a you know Spain and England. Both of them were off and running at the same time, and clashing all in the waters. And you know, like Sir Francis Drake and his golden hiney. I say the golden hind. Off he goes, and he would make the Spanish mad. The Span. I mean, it was this war of the worlds, really, in a way. Not World yeah. War One or Two. It was like the War of the Worlds. Of the, everybody wanted to conquer, and here everybody we were, wanted everybody wanted land, and everybody wanted gold. Everybody, yeah, and Spain they knew there was stole gold. every bit of it that they could. <laughs> and it, well, Ted de Grazi was it? He had silver, right? He had silver nuggets and everything left at the gallery. Uh there was gold, silver. There was a lot of everything. Wow, dude! I don't know. I just. Talking to you today just makes me very homesick for the gallery and, and wanting to go back and see the exhibits that I, I really love. You know, we've talked about them for years. Obviously, Nancy and I have been, you know, to the museum for years, but or the gallery, and I don't know. I just, you know, when you go there, you know, obviously everyone can purchase online and everything, but I'm just saying when you go to the gallery itself, and you understand what de Grazia, who he is as a, as a artist and a documenter, like a documentarian. I should, that's the word, right? Um, it, it is a beautiful thing. And some of it's not so beautiful. I don't you know the bullfighting thing is not, that doesn't sit well for me personally, but I respect what he's done with it. You know, like the cockfight, that cockfight painting, that's probably one of the most craziest coolest paintings ever not that i like cockfighting you know um so it's just a it's a thing that people should do if they go to tucson and speaking of getting away from the crazy world of today tucson go to the gallery 
and um, you'll just be kind of transported in time. Don't you think, Lance? It's kind of like I agree. A, yeah, you kind of get away from it. Turn your phone off. Relax. Take a little trip. It's a it's a trip. It's a trippy place. It's cool. So thank you so much, Lance. And um, we can't wait to see you. We've got one more interview before we see you. Can you believe it? Yeah. My well, gosh. We'll see you in a month or two. Yeah, absolutely. We can't wait. Everyone, degrazia.org is the website. And as I mentioned, um, there's uh, three latest uh, new exhibits. One of them that I was talking about was Scenes from the Revolution. And that's the Mexican Revolution we were talking about. There's also Degrazia in black and white. I want to see that. And I'm so glad we're going to be there to see that because I want to see the ones of Bisbee. And um, also Degrazia's Beggars. And that talk about people, right? Um, so... He's got a lot in there. So a lot to see and do. Degrazia.org will be back next fourth Sunday. Keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Thanks so much, Lance. Thanks, Lisa. We'll talk to you soon.